skin to me, and she's not one that would come to us like, we really need to pray for her. And as a pastor, I want to be sensitive to what God's saying. And uh, uh, that's the church that we want to be. After church, we have a lunch, and, and you are invited. And every, there's, the men are out barbecuing. There's a group working downstairs. And if you brought nothing, we'll have plenty. And so please come downstairs. You can eat and run. You can eat and stay. Uh, so that's taking place. The water baptism is taking place uh, in, in a couple weeks. And there's information in the bulletin. And uh, isn't it good to be in, a, in God's house? I love starting worship, our church that way. Just jumped right into worship. I was like, that was perfect. The kids are gone. They're being taught. Chad's going to come. And uh, we don't do this very often, but let's just welcome him with a, a little bit of love. Well, I'm not sure if um, it was just to get me in this suit the guy put me as a youth pastor. I think that's probably one of his like greatest accomplishments is that I'm standing here in a suit and tie and I got shoes on instead of sandals. I know some of you have said, you guys, you actually own those? Um, <laughs> but I just want to start off um, by thanking Pastor Guy. He served 35 years in youth ministry. So, if you are part or were a part of Guy's youth group, go ahead and stand up. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? had to get the focus off me for a second, put it back on God. <laughs> I am so excited to be up here today. I am so excited to see what God has for the kids of our community. Um, I've had the, the honor of, of, of working with Pastor Guy for, for 15 years and being a part of his youth group. Um, a lot of times um, it's in the background. You don't really see a lot of the things that, that I'm doing, but um, God has been so gracious and so powerful and so amazing. And um, I know that, you know, Malachi 3.6 tells us that God doesn't change. And so, you know, I can stand on God's promise that, that he's going to continue the things that he's done in the past as we look into the future. And, and it's been really awesome. Guys um, had me teaching at uh, youth group the last uh, three or four weeks. And uh, when they told me that I was going to be speaking, I, I, I won't lie, I was a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous about speaking today. And, um, but God's good. And God is going to be here and God is going to show up. And, um, but first off, I just want to thank all of you guys for the love that you guys have given me over the years. Um, I wouldn't be standing here if Alan hadn't been in my life. Alan um, was kind of like a second dad to me for a good portion of my life, and some of the stories he could probably tell you, I probably wouldn't want him to tell you. But, um, but yeah, now I'm just I'm so blessed to have each and every one of you in my life, and. Um, 
my mom would tell you that when I was, I think I was like probably four years old, I, I like stacked all my stuffed animals up and I started preaching to them. So when, when, when Guy says that this is something that's been in my heart to do for a long time, it's been in my heart for a long time. Um, and so when, when Guy told me that, that I was going to be speaking and um, I started asking God, of course, you know, what, am I, what is it that you want me to share about? And what is it that I need for myself to see and share about? And so um, we had the awesome opportunity for the last three weeks in the youth group to be going through the book of Joshua. And it's really incredible because um, when we get to the book of Joshua, we see that it's a time of transition, Right. The Israelites are getting ready to cross over the Jordan. Uh, I think two weeks ago, Corey was like, there's giants, right? They're scared. How many, how many people have giants in their lives? Big issues that we don't really know what to do with, and sometimes they're really scary. And, um, but, so we've been going through the book of Joshua, and it's, it's an incredible, incredible story of God's faithfulness. And um, one of the things that happens is that Moses, you know, his time has come and gone. And um, I'm not saying that for Pastor Guy. I don't want you guys to think that, that like, or that, you know, we've been wandering in the desert for 40 years and now we're moving into the promised land. That's not what I'm saying, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, the story is so incredible because it's a lot of the things that, that you know, I'm feeling and I'm facing right now. You know, we've, we've, we're already looking at winter camp, and that's probably the biggest giant that is in my path right now. Right, Matt? Yeah, amen. And one of the incredible things is that we have such an amazing body of churches in this community. Matt is from North County. He's, he's the youth pastor at North County. We have Nathan uh, from uh, FWC. Uh, is there any other youth pastors here? Not sure. But one of the things that has been so incredible is that they've all surrounded me and we help each other. We have this amazing ability to, to work with each other. But one of the cool things um, in the beginning of the book of Joshua, it says that Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give to them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. You guys did that this morning when you guys were praying over me. And those promises that were made to Joshua are over me. Amen? And those promises can be over you. When we, when we face a time of struggle, when we face the giants in our life, we know that we can stand firm on the promises of God. So the first week that we were talking about um, at youth group is Joshua is getting ready to cross over the Jordan. They have this huge body of water that they have to get the entire Israelite population over. And God already promised them, I'm going to get you over there. But then what he says is, I want you to take stones from the base of the river and stack them high as memorial 
of remembrance of what I've done. And so one of the things that I know that I can stand on is the things that God has done in my past. We all have things, times that God has shown up. I know for me one of the biggest ones um, was recently, about two years ago when I had my accident. The first thing God said was, I am in control. And that is a promise that God placed over my life as long as I surrender my life to him, right? There's, there's that kind of give and take. We, we can't just hold on to the promises without, you know, doing what God asks us to do. So, so that was the first week. And one of, the, one of the things that the psalmist said in Psalms 105.5, it says, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. In youth ministries, we have a lot of miracles. God has done incredible, incredible things. Um, one of the first miracles that I saw was actually Alan's back being healed at summer camp. And that's when I realized that God is a God who heals. And he will continue to heal. He's healing my eye right now. It's, it's been absolutely incredible. Um, I'm supposed to go into the optometrist the next time that uh, I go to see my doctor. And I'm supposed to have 20-20 vision in this eye. And that's an incredible, incredible thing. If you guys don't know my story, um, it's a little long. I'm not going to share it today. But they're basically going to pull my eye. They said, there's no way that you're going to ever have vision again. And here I stand. The only reason I have this eye patch on is um, because I, pr I thought that I could it probably wouldn't be good for me to wear glasses because then you'd just see my glasses. And now I can actually look at you, you face to face and you guys can see my eyes. You can see where I'm looking. But God is faithful. God is a healing God. God is a God of miracles. The second lesson that we learned is to do not fear. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. I'm standing here, moving into, into youth ministries, taking over a very, very incredible, incredible ministry that this church has established, you guys have established. And it is an incredible, incredible honor for me to be able to do that. But there are a lot of things that could cause fear in my heart. I don't want to let you down. That's the number one, one thing. I don't want to let the kids down. But the Lord says that he's going to fight himself for my battles. And so as long as I turn to God, as long as I hand those things over to him, he's going to be faithful in that area. And I love this part. This is in Joshua 1.9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a better place to be than in God's righteous right hand. And that is a promise that each and every one of us has because we are followers. We're adopted into the family of Christ. When we go through hard times, when we're in a place of fear, we know that we don't have to be because we have God holding us. Amen? 
It was really interesting. Well, actually, it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny. Yesterday, we went out to the beach, and uh, Lizette, Lizette's up there, like, smiling. Everyone say hi, Lizette. She's up in the, the sound booth. Well, we were at Cayucas. We just finished setting up tables for, for the, the luncheon today. And uh, so we went down to the beach, and um, there's probably six, seven-foot waves. And Lizette's learning how to boogie board. And she's doing a pretty good job, but these waves are probably a little bit bigger than she was ready for. And so basically the whole day we're spending like trying to get her to catch the wave, right? So the wave's coming in, and she just sees this huge mountain coming up before her, and you could see fear across her face. And so instead of, instead of turning around like I was trying to tell her, you know, you want to head towards shore, she would just go straight at these waves and then go up and over, and then, you know, we'd all catch the wave, but she wouldn't. Well, I finally convinced her to not be afraid of the waves, right? And so I, I kind of had to hold her board in place so that she wouldn't move, you know? But this huge wave came, and it swallowed her. It sh swallowed her. And then right after that, another wave came and just crushed her. And you can say, well, that's terrible, Chad. Why would you do that to, to play with that? But the thing is, is that after about a five-minute break, after she you know, regained the wind back in, 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 in her, her lungs, <laughs> they're making fun of me up here. Gotta love these. Um, she went back out. And I know that when, when, when I go out, there will be times that I get crushed by things. There will be times that maybe I won't do it exactly the way that I wanted to. But the truth is, is that God will always be there to push me back, to push me back, to push me back, to keep me going in the direction that he wants me to. Then we got to the third week, and this is probably my favorite week that we were, we were studying um, with the youth group, and it's God is faithful. So these are the three main lessons from the book of Joshua. Remember me, do not fear, for I am faithful. So Psalms 119.90 says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth, and it stands fast. God is faithful. Genesis 17.7 says, I will always keep my promise I have made to you and your descendants because I am your God and their God. And then Malachi 3.6a says, I am the Lord and I do not change. And one of the incredible things is that uh, in Joshua's story, God was faithful through all of it. And when we get to the very last chapter of the, of the book of Joshua, it says, You crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Thus I gave them into your hand. Then I sent the hornet before you, and it drove out the two kings of the Amorites from before you. But not by your sword or your bow, I gave you the land on which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built, and you have lived in them. You are eating of vineyards and olive groves, which you do not plant. I know that God has gone before me in this. 
I know that he is going to fight for me. And everything, God is going to get the glory because he's the one that will give the glorious moments to me. All I have to do is stand in obedience. But in the middle of the story of Jericho, there's this just incredible, incredible um, story of mercy and final redemption. We've been, we've been talking about what it means to live a redeemed life. Guy, I think the last three weeks, and this story to me is just so, so such an incredible um, example of this. And it says in Joshua 2, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she has brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear, you, and the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath." One of the incredible things is that the people of Jericho were being taught the same exact things that God was trying to teach the Israelites. They, as, as people of Jericho, were remembering what the Lord had done in Egypt and at the Jordan. They knew that the Israelites, God, was faithful. And like the Israelites had done in the past, they currently were living in fear. But Rahab knew that life can be found in the darkest of places if you look to a God of mercy. And she says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that I have dealt kindly with you. You also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If I do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, he will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window. Rahab's prayer was a simple one. 
She saw her family was in trouble, and she acted on it. She put faith in the people who followed a faithful God. So she swore an oath with them and the God they served. And now we see in Joshua 6.25, it says, But Rahab, the prostitute, and her father's household, and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers from Joshua, whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. God is faithful in his promises. He is faithful when we pray to him. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come on up. Now we could just end the story here. We could say God answered the prayer Rahab and her family was saved. The Israelites remembered they were not living in fear any longer. They realized that God was faithful. But there's something that's absolutely incredible about this story. We serve a God of strength and love, a God who hears our cries and listens. A God who gives us the things we don't even know we need. See, Rahab prayed for physical salvation, right? Physical. She didn't want to die. She didn't want her family to die. She didn't want her family to perish. But there's something incredible about God because God gives us the things that we don't know we need. Amen? We have a God that knows every single thing that we are going to go through before we even make it there. And so he can answer those prayers. So I'm going to ask Lizette to, to throw up a slide real quick. And this is Matthew chapter 1. And it says right there, it says, Solomon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And you're like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. This is the lineage of Christ. Rahab prayed for a physical healing, a physical redemption of death. But God knew that that's not really what she wanted, that she needed to be spiritually healed. She needed spiritual salvation. And that is the God that we serve a God who is faithful to us, a God who loves us, a God that can bring us through anything, a God that can take a little boy who when he was four years old prayed and preached to stuffed animals and have him standing here today. And I don't know what youth group is going to look like. I don't know what, what God has in store, but I know that he goes before me. I know that because he has done incredible things in the past, he is going to continue to do incredible things in the future. And I know that I can stand here in this church because I've been here for most of my life and know that I have people who love me and will support me when I am in need. Amen.
Philippians 1.6, Guy kind of already said it, says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. As I stand here with what a lot of people have, have told me is big shoes to fill, I can stand on these things. The moments I have seen God move in the past, that God holds me in his hand and that he will go before me to fight my battles. That I can stand on the truth that God is faithful in his provision, his wisdom, and his strength. And in his ability, not mine, to complete the work that he has begun in me. I want to give you an opportunity today. Maybe you're facing a giant right now. Maybe there's something in your life that is causing fear. And I want to give you that opportunity to find a God who faithfully will love you no matter what. And if that's you, the worship team is going to be playing. There's people here that want to pray with you. I know we already had that time of prayer. But God wants to commune with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And it doesn't matter if it's scheduled or not. He's there for us.
as God's people uh, marched around Jericho, they, be, they were praying on that last day. They began to shout, and the horns were blowing. And what couldn't be done was this massive, this massive city was brought down to rubble. And as we worship, even as we go through the song one more time, don't look at the, the, the giants. Don't look at the size of the walls you're facing. Look at the size of God that loves you. If it's depression, if it's, uh, if it's finances, if it's a physical uh, ailment, just proclaim in the name of the Lord. Shout to the Lord, all you people. Again, as, as we kind of go through this, we're not like demanding a healing. We're worshiping the healer. We're not, we're not manipulating God. We are worshiping God. And as we put him first, to seek him first and love no other, So as we begin to just kind of worship this one more time, you can shout. We don't have probably any horns here. We can blow horns. And we're doing that for Almighty God. When my strength is 